Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and you are listening to a pro wrestling podcast. And that's right, I've got a treat for you this week because I'm giving you additional content. You never know when it's going to happen. But that's what 2019 is all about. Throwing the surprises out there and seeing what is going to happen. But it's the start of the week. I hope you are having a nice week. I hope you've got nice things planned over the next seven days. Make sure you do keep an eye out for a couple of more podcasts that are going to go out this week. But before we do get there, I do have... Uh, I love it. Everyone knows this podcast before. You know how much I enjoy doing this. All my podcasts are supported by patreon.com forward slash Miller316. You can go over there now. Just throw a dollar in the hat. It's how I support all my personal uh, products. But it also means I get patrons on to chat about pro wrestling and all that kind of stuff. And today, I got my man Sergio once again coming all the way from the United States of America. Dude, how are you doing today? Simon, I'm doing very well, man. Very well. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good, man. I love it. Like, just to break kayfabe, break the fourth wall. Right now, it's about 9 o'clock on a Sunday. But for you, it's like in the middle of the day. I love it, man. I love it. I say yeah, the same man. thing every time, but it's just cool. Yeah, man. It's, it's so cool to, you know, to meet people from the other side of the world. I don't get to do it every day. I do it like maybe once every blue moon, you know, so Absolutely. I, love, I love to do it. And the coolest thing is we've been brought together by the magic of wrestling. And, that, and, and that's, <laughs> that's why it. I love it. That's why I love it, man. It brings people together. You know, you can be at a random wrestling event by yourself, but you always know, hey, I can go chat about wrestling and somebody else will want to, you know, have that chat with me. So, yeah, I think it's great. Absolutely. Uh, we have wrestling and we have the internet. I don't know if in the early 90s we could have done this. So, you know. Nah, dude, we would have been like on sending letters to each other or something. I don't even know what people did. But tape trading. Tape, letters I out. Letters, owls, boats, I don't know how, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, carrier pigeons. <laughs> carrier pigeons with a little note there saying, man, Raw sucks. And you'd be like, yeah, Raw does suck and send it back. Yeah, uh, yeah, like a month later. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it still sucks. Uh, right, dude, so let, let's get some, let's get some uh, sort of background on you and stuff. Because I, I always think, well, look, I, I think I've proven it now with this version of the podcast. You just never know what people are going to say. It's incredible. Uh, you know, when we had, uh, we had Cheval on earlier, uh, last week, I should say, he was telling us how one day he woke up and WWE television just vanished from his life. Life because they took it off the channel like and blew my brain so no way yeah yeah just one day he woke up and <laughs> imagine that imagine that. i mean it's different now with social media but imagine one day you woke up and you actually liked wrestling when i do and raw wasn't there anymore you'd be like okay i'll, I'll go watch something else uh but yeah, i dude, mean I, I mean the way it's going now i don't know if i miss it too much but hey you know it's still <laughs> wrestling i want to i want to catch up somehow yeah Internet, tv abs- somehow absolutely you know? well dude let me know when, when did you start watching it like what do you think uh We'll get to the current product in a minute, but how did you start watching it? How did you get into pro wrestling? What's your crazy story? Oh, dude. Uh, I mean, I'm 26 now. I started watching wrestling when I was like about six or seven years old. Nice. So I've been watching wrestling for like 20, 20 years around there, man. Uh, it's been a thrill ride right from the beginning. Um, I'll tell you, I guess I'll go back and tell you where I started. Do it, I man. Didn't, yeah, I actually didn't start with the WWF, actually. The promotion that got me into wrestling proper was actually uh, this little one. You may have heard about it. You may have not. It's called WCW. You know? <laughs> I, remember, I remember it. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It was WCW. Because I remember, you're, I don't know if you're going to believe me, because this is like the craziest me- first memory. I don't even know if it's a first memory. This is just the, the, the farthest I can remember about what I was watching it, it, during the WWF. But you will not believe which two superstars were in the ring. I can't. I, I'm, I'm genuinely excited now. I'm genuinely excited because it's going to be someone like Buff Bagwell and Disco Inferno or something like that. Not even like that. Not even that. When I turned on the channel, and again, I don't know if this is my first memory. This is just the one that I remember the farthest back. All right. You're not going to believe this. It was the fabulous Moolah versus Mae Young. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Dude, I saw that. And even as a six or seven year old, I'm like, what? They have these two ladies fighting. I mean, they they can be any younger than like 50, you know, 40, 50 years old. What is this? I think they were always old, man. Yeah. So like even as a kid, you know, I found that weird. So I think one day, I guess I just, you know, stopped watching it and I changed the channel and WCW was on, you know, Um, I I guess I'll give you the, the brief rundown, man. WCW, uh, again, it was the promotion that got me started. And uh, actually the wrestler 
you know, there's one wrestler there that is responsible for getting me into pro wrestling. Yeah. He's actually my favorite wrestler of all time. He's not a common uh, pick amongst people. I don't hear very many people say that, you know, this person is my favorite wrestler. So, you know, it, it might be out of left field, but it's actually your dad, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I think, I think that's a fair shout, man. Like, I, don't, I do agree with you. Goldberg doesn't get the love that he once did. Like, there seems to be some kind of... Sticking right about Goldberg now, or that. And my, my weird thing about Goldberg is loads of people say, but I love Goldberg. There's no point in pretending otherwise. Like, I was the other way around. Like, I was a WWF guy, but I started, you know, what really made me want to watch WCW was Goldberg. I heard about this guy, and when you watched him, I thought, this is, this is incredible. And so many people now, like, oh, he didn't have any good matches, and he was just booked to run through people. And I'm like, yeah, that's why it was so good. That's why, right. I, that's why I loved it. Like, it was, it was, it was just brilliant. Like, it was. It, You've never seen anything like it. And even today when they bring someone up, like Oscar, for example, everyone says, oh, you can't just get to run through everyone. You're like, yes, you can. That works. Absolutely. And I know Absolutely. it works because I've seen it happen. So, no, I completely understand that, man. I completely understand that he was, uh, you know, he was once in a lifetime, sort of lightning in a bottle kind of a thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, I was maybe six, seven years old when, the, you know, this was like around, I think, 98 was like his rise to WCW. The undefeated streak happened, I think, around 98, I think it was. So, I mean, I, again, I was six, maybe seven years old. I didn't know any proper wrestling, like, technicality at the time. So, I didn't know what pushing somebody, you know, putting somebody over was. I didn't know what a squash match was. Uh, I didn't know what heel versus face was. I was just looking at this dude beating the crap out of everybody like two minute matches three minute matches and for me at the time as a little kid even then i'm like wow like this guy is like legit like the best wrestler i've ever seen so ever since then man it, it was goldberg it was goldberg for me um I, I don't really remember when exactly i stopped watching wcw because i know after a while i stopped watching wcw and i went back to watching the wwf and i stayed with the wwf for, for until now basically but um it was around the time, you know, because Goldberg, you know, he had a monster run. I, I, I don't even remember how long his undefeated streak lasted, but it must have lasted like a year plus or something like that. And I saw a lot of his matches during that time. Okay. And I was very biased. Again, this was my favorite wrestler even then, even now. So I was very biased. I didn't like, I loved watching him beat the crap out of everybody. But once, you know, once he started, you know, getting some obstacles in the way in the form of like the NWO and Hulk Hogan, and they started, you know, running rushout through him you know I, I didn't like that very much you know and as a kid i didn't i didn't know what storyline was i didn't know that you know baby faces have to get beaten up a little bit to get their comeback later i didn't know what that was so when you know goldberg started you know getting pretty you know nwo was pretty much a big obstacle for him i just i got upset i didn't think goldberg was gonna come back from it so i just stopped watching wcw <laughs> i just got mad <laughs> well, no, not, pretty... when, so when, when do you think that was where did goldberg go like, which which where are we talking about what kind of year ah oh, man i i it must have been i would say late 98 i mean i can't okay, right, yeah. so so one of the earliest yeah sorry, sorry go ahead okay, so that was about it was after he'd lost to nash then right Exactly. I yeah. think the last match I remember against the farthest memory I have of WCW, I think maybe he was in a cage match against, I think, maybe Nash and, and Scott Hall, maybe Hulk Hogan in there. And I think they had him tied to the cage uh, with uh, handcuffs, both hands. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I, they were beating the crap out of him. And again, I was a Goldberg guy. I didn't care about anybody else. I was just a Goldberg guy. So I didn't like I, I loved watching him win and win and win. Every time he won, I came back the next week and I kept watching more. But then, you know, NWO started posing a big threat to him. And that's where I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know if he's going to come back from this. It's a lot of people. So imagine as a kid, when you're biased towards something and, you know, something bad happens to that something or someone, you know, you kind of <laughs> you kind of go somewhere else. You know, you don't want to see your favorite person lose like that. And yeah, I didn't like course. to see that. So I left. <laughs> I mean, what? Because, I mean, obviously, you, you summed it up brilliant there. Because, again, the criticism Goldberg gets today is, oh, he couldn't work, he couldn't wrestle. No kid cares about that. A kid cares no. about some dude coming out, snorting smoke out of his nose, looking pissed off like he's going to murder some fools, and then backing it up in the ring. Like, that is what is was cool. Which is why I never understood, you know, this feeling that WCW felt like they had to end the streak. Like, I would have been happy if he'd never lost the streak, to be honest. I mean, maybe it would have got boring after a while. But the way they right. did it with, with Kevin Nash was just, oh, man, I, I, I just hated it. I hated it so much. I hated it then. I hated it now. It was no need to do it. It didn't help anybody. And I think you're right. I, I think it really did just, you know, it clipped Goldberg's wings, right? There was no need to do it. And, right. from, and from that point on, they didn't know what to do with him. They had no clue. 
Right, and I don't even remember what happened after that. Again, I again, this is me as a little kid. I didn't know any wrestling technicalities. So if he did get his comeback eventually, I didn't see it. I wasn't there to see it because I had already jumped ship to WWF. So <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see that. No, exactly, man. No, I I, I totally yeah. agree with you. So you leave WCW and you go over to WWE. I'm guessing in late '98. So I'm imagining that Stone Cold Steve Austin is the guy that drags you in. Absolutely, man. That's exactly the guy that brings me in, man. The guy that just doesn't give a damn about anything. He does whatever he wants. He's stunnering his boss. And remember, at the time, I was a little kid, but I was already, you know, knowledgeable about, you know, employee versus boss. I, I knew what that relationship was. So, you know, as a kid looking at an employee, essentially, in Stone Cold beating the crap out of his boss and Mr. McMahon, I mean, that was gold for me. And, you know, just his attitude, the way he composed himself, the way he talked. The way he came into the ring and, you know, pretty much stuck the middle finger at everybody. But it was cool. You know, it wasn't anything like insulting or anything. I just, it was, he was my favorite. Like, out of all, out of the WWF superstars that I've seen, Stone Cold is definitely my favorite of all time. In terms of, like, WWF slash WWE superstars. Yeah. He's always been my favorite. So he was the one that, you know, brought me in. But it wasn't just him. You know, I liked The Rock as well. Uh, really liked The Undertaker. The Undertaker actually scared the crap out of me, anyway, uh, to be honest with you. You know, especially, uh, it was probably like late 99, maybe, when uh, he, I think he turned heel right and he formed the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, like, I remember he used to walk to the to the ring, and the state, the ramp at the time was just a straight shot to the ring. There was no curving around or anything. It was just a straight, you know, straight, line, straight walk to the ring. And he would walk to the ring with his eyeballs folded into the back of his head. And I'm, you know, I'm watching it on TV and I'm just, I'm scared, man. I'm like, what is this guy about to do? I mean, I can't imagine the people sitting on either side of the ramp in the very front row. I don't know how they're feeling, but I'm, I'm watching it at home. I'm like, I don't want to mess with this guy, you know? That's so, a, you know. That's the best thing about being a kid with wrestling, man. Like everything you've just said there, Goldberg wins you over because you think, man, that guy could kick his, kick my ass. Stone Cold Steve Austin wins you over because you think, oh man, that guy doesn't care. And I don't think it wins you over because like, oh my gosh, this guy's really scary. Like that is yeah. why, that's why I absolutely love resting when you're a kid in many ways it's the best time to watch resting because you just believe it for what it is absolutely absolutely you know and i was watching you know even at the time I, you know i was watching guys like Shawn michaels watching guys like mankind again the rock uh, triple h when it became triple h so you know it, it was it was a really good time i can see why a lot of people you know really like the attitude era because it was just a completely different era and it brought a lot of new fans in myself included so you know i attribute a lot of what you know my likes and my likes of pro wrestling to the Attitude Era. First and foremost to WCW, but, you know, secondly to Stone Cold and the Attitude Era. I mean, it was just a golden age for me. What did you think about the, the differences in presentation? Because I know, because I, I went from, don't get me wrong, like when WCW was awesome, it got me too. I think it got everybody. But the one thing I always noticed is that WWE always just looked a bit slicker. Like the production always looked a bit nicer, it looked a bit brighter. Whereas WCW was a bit darker, a bit kind of, you know, old school, I'll say, for lack of a better words. Did you notice anything like that? Because I'm guessing, it's, I mean, I, I, you know, I was aware of it, but it didn't affect my enjoyment of the product again because I'm a kid and I don't care. Right. I mean, for me, I guess in terms of presentation, I guess WWF was just a little bit more edgier. Uh, the content sometimes tended to be a little bit violent in terms of matches. Um, you know, they pretty much said whatever they wanted, uh, you know, except for maybe a few magic words. Um, you know, a lot of really good promos. Guys, they looked like they were having a lot of fun. Like, I don't know at the time if, you know, they were really having fun behind the scenes or not, but they looked like a bunch of guys that were really having a lot of fun, you know, doing what they do, portraying their characters. And I don't know, man, I, at the time, I just found that really, really fun. So I think in terms of presentation, yeah, there must have been something about WWF that made me stick to them. You know, I, I don't know if it was the edgier content, you know, the way they spoke, the way they dressed, how many characters they had. But it was something about it that, that you know, besides the whole Goldberg thing, but there was something that, you know, made me gravitate more to WWF. I don't know what it is specifically, but again, everything that I mentioned, I'm pretty sure contributed to my... Uh, my willingness to jump ship, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get it. But I think a lot of people did too. And also, in hindsight, you probably did it right because you know WCW self imploded after all of that. So, right. you know, you missed right. all the, you missed all the garbage. Whereas obviously WWE, as we know, continued to get better and better, and then you know that eventually hit a brick wall too, as it was always going to do because you can't keep that up that up forever. So, how do we get from sort of like well, 20, 21 years? How do we get from there to where we are now? Like. Do you take any breaks? Do you, I mean, you know, what's your, what's your story from then? Well, I mean, the way I kept up with it a lot, too, wasn't just TV. You know, I, w I was a fanatic, and I still am, but I was a really big fanatic at the time. You know, I, I collected the, uh, I don't know if you remember the action figures, the WWF action oh, figures. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You remember that? I used to collect that. I mean, I used to read books, you know, like The Rock's autobiography, uh, Stone Cold's autobiography. 
Um, I used to play the video games a lot too. So I just I became a fanatic. That that was pretty much like my my way of sticking to the product. Now, in terms of whether I took a break or not, or when specifically, I can't remember. But there are certain little pieces here and there that I remember shortly after that. So more or less, you know, I remember the invasion angle more or less. Um, I remember the debuts of, you know, guys like Randy Orton, John Cena, Batista, Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, I, I really, I mean, for me to think of when I took a break, I would have to go back to a little bit more recent because I don't remember the time, you know, when I took a break. But I know for a fact, and this is going to be very, very selfish, I know, <laughs> but I'm an Undertaker guy. So when he, so I was watching the product up until I think it was his match against Brock Lesnar. Was it at WrestleMania 30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. I've always been an Undertaker guy as well. He's like my second favorite uh, behind Stone Cold. So when he lost his undefeated streak to Brock Lesnar, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You know, <laughs> I was the kind of guy that didn't want Undertaker to lose his undefeated streak. I just didn't think it should have happened. You know, the company had already let him reach what was it, 21 wins without a loss. Yeah. You know, why why end it now? You know, it, it felt kind of cheap. Um, it was just, I guess, to put Brock Lesnar over. I didn't feel like Brock Lesnar really needed that. I think he could have gone on to do exactly what he's done and, you know, amass the same popularity, the same amount of followers without that win. You know, that's just my personal opinion. But again, it's really it's really more on the Undertaker side. I've always been an Undertaker guy. Um, you know, his undefeated streak and all that at WrestleMania. I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that they ended it right then and there. So I guess I must have taken a break up until like maybe 2017-ish more or less. So, you know, quite a few years, like three or four years without watching it. <laughs> no, I, I can see. I think because we had um, a few people have said that, that they didn't like the Undertaker result to the point they took a break. Because I, I think in many ways that Undertaker WrestleMania streak was at the time sort of the last thing that people invested in. Right. That was why a lot of people tuned into WrestleMania. Like, the argument was even well, it doesn't matter what the main event is. The real main event is, you know, whatever the Undertaker is going to do. I, I, I think we've talked about it before, but I'm always torn on the Undertaker thing, because while I totally agree with what you're saying, I, I also think that the impact of having him lose, as you have just said, you know, it, it stopped you to watch wrestling. I know you don't ever want to do that. You never want to do an angle that makes people stop watching wrestling. But the fact that it right. had that power over you, the fact that it had that emotional impact on you, I think that's why I like it so much. I like it because it was that last thing that people believed in. And the fact that we, in a way, we got to experience what it was like seeing that fall out. For me, from a very devil's advocate, taking a step back point of view, I did get a kick out of it. Like I did. Like it, it was just crazy to see it. Everybody was talking about it and nobody could believe it. Like that conversation went on for about, you know, a month or so. Well, it's still going on now. You know, years removed. Yeah. So and that's why I liked about it. It created a moment. I, I love moments. Right, absolutely. I mean, I don't even think I, I, I'm, I, I don't remember if I was watching that WrestleMania specifically live, but I did a get, get a notification on my phone. I had forgotten to turn off. I usually turn off notifications. I turn off everything when there's a pay-per-view just so I, I don't get spoiled. But, um, you know, in case I'm not in my house watching it, but I had been spoiled. You know, I got the notification saying that the Undertaker had lost, which actually was a really good friend of mine who's into wrestling that told me. And I'm like, Undertaker lost at WrestleMania. No, 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 no. That can't be true. So when I got home, I, I must have gotten home like, you know, really late at night, maybe 11, 12 midnight. I watched that match only. I went back and rewatched the entire uh, WrestleMania event later on. But I wanted to watch that match specifically because I just couldn't, I couldn't, you know, fathom Undertaker losing at WrestleMania. And there you go. He lost. And, you know, my facial expression was the same one as the guy that was in the front row. Remember? The guy that had like his mouth and his yeah, eyes yeah, wide yeah. open. That was me. That was me at home. But I was... I was shocked, but I was kind of, you know, again, it's, 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 I hate to admit it because it is kind of very selfish. Like, why would I leave wrestling for just one little thing? You know, I, I look back on it and I, I kind of, I realize the error of my ways and I'm glad that I'm, <clears throat> you know, I'm into it again. But again, at the time I was such an undertaker guy that man, when he lost at WrestleMania, I was just like, ugh, I, I don't know. If I, I don't know if I can take it. Yeah, <laughs> I no, couldn't no, take it. No, I get it, man. But again, that, that is why I love it. Like I just, you just don't get that kind of believability anymore. And look, it's nobody's fault. They, as you've just said, you know, that was a storyline that had been built up for 20 years, basically. You know, two decades is... I know they didn't really kick it into gear till about, you know, 12 years in or however long it was. But it was still there. You still had the history and, yeah, some of the matches were crap. But I think that's the real thing that, that stands out for me. And I do... I, I actually agree with you. I think, done with the right booking, that Brock Lesnar could have become the Brock Lesnar we know now without that. But I also, you know, I also do think it, it did kickstart it. It did make that transformation happen happen a lot quicker. 
And yeah, like you say, when it when I when I was watching it and it happened, I was watching it at work. I had to go to work that day, but I had quite oh, okay. a, I, I had quite a cool job, so I I was able to have it sort of up in the in the corner of my screen, and I was as I was watching it. And yeah, like when when that happened, I remember just being like. There is no way that's happened. And I loved it. I loved it. Like, I questioned it. I thought maybe there'd been a mistake. I, I just, I don't know. There's something about that feeling of knowing what you're watching isn't quote unquote real. But at the same right. time, absolutely, you know, from a storyline perspective and whatever you well, we call it, completely buying in, there's nothing like it. And that's why for me, I look back and, yeah, I just love, I love the emotional aspect of it. I loved it. You know, to me, that ranks along there with the CM Punk promo, the stuff that Austin used to do. You know, loads Absolutely. of other, uh, loads of other stuff we could talk about because it was real. People really it cared. Was, they gave a shit yeah. about that streak. And when it was taken away, especially like a guy like Brock Lesnar, who already had controversy. You know, he already left the company once, and he was the golden goose, and so on and so forth. It just created an atmosphere that, yeah, I, I don't think we'll ever be able to top it unless you're going to put 20 years into a storyline again, which you're probably not. I mean, why? I don't see how they do that now. I mean, who would they pick to do that? I mean, I would have thought maybe Oscar would have extended her undefeated streak a little bit more but you know they decided to end it prematurely in my opinion i i kind of felt that uh, you know at this year's wrestlemania she should have won the title she should have kept her undefeated streak a little bit more you know allow her to have uh, at least one really good um you know uh smackdown women's uh, title reign but it didn't happen either so i, I don't know <laughs> for me you know they, they they end streaks in a way that you know i feel like it could have been done better you know I've just noticed a theme but, here, man. You, you like streaks, I realize. Yeah, <laughs> That's I do, just, man. Yeah. Especially if it's someone like, you know, The Undertaker, even Asuka. You know, I saw her through NXT. I thought she was amazing. And, you know, I really do. I really like streaks. And when they end, you know, depending on how they end, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, man, I would go as far, and I'm sure somebody out there will, will be able to correct me. But right now, top of my head, I can't think of one streak that has ended well. I totally agree with you about Oscar. I thought it was pre, you know, it was well ahead of its time and we could have done so much right. more with it. The Undertaker right. one is arguable, but therefore, because it's right. arguable, it's not 100%. Goldberg's was an absolute travesty. I mean, that was, that was just bad. You know, MVP right. had a streak for a while, but that, that didn't go right. I mean, Rusev had a streak for a while. That didn't, you know, I, I, I like Didn't, the, didn't uh, sorry to interrupt, but didn't Ryback had a, had a streak? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he lost to CM Punk in that bizarre Hell in a Cell match. So, yep. you know, was, that, was it that match or whenever it was? But yeah, they never, they didn't have the payoff that maybe you wanted from a streak, which again starts asking, you know, begging the question, why are we doing streaks if we don't know, if we don't know where we're going with it? But um, right. yeah, I mean, it's, it's a strange thing, a streak, because it's a great way to introduce somebody into the company. Like, you know, I think people forget that when NXT people come up, you don't know who they are, really. But if Oscar comes up and can start saying, I've never lost... And, you know, she backs it up. Then you go, okay, well, I'll take this person seriously because the company is tricking her seriously and she never loses. But then, you know, when she does lose her streak, she goes in, in, into complete free fall as she did this year and didn't really get picked up until December. It was just ridiculous. So, yeah, the, the streak is an interesting thing. I mean, for me, Goldberg's will always be the worst. That whole cattle prod <laughs> with the cattle prod thing and, oh, you know, it just, it just, it just deflated yeah. him. Then they turned him heel. It was like, what are we doing? What are we yeah. doing? So, yeah, I'll never get yeah. that. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I again, like you said, you know, streaks are just very hard to to do nowadays because you have to pick a superstar that not only is doing very well in the ring, but you know, someone that people can believe. And you know, Absolutely, these you yeah. know these superstars that you've mentioned. I think you know we all you know to a certain extent, like you said, you know, all this is debatable. You know, maybe for us, Goldberg streak was a travesty, but maybe for somebody, it was the best thing in the world. Yeah. So you true. know, it's, it's all very subjective, but I think you know for the company specifically. You have to choose someone that, you know, not only is very imposing and does very well, but that people can really get behind them, you know, and it's it's, it's very difficult to do that. So, again, very selfish on my part. You know, I shouldn't have left, the, uh, you know, I shouldn't have stopped watching WWE just for one little thing. You know, I, I think back on it now, I'm like, ugh. Sergio, what the hell did you do, you know? Like, that was, it was stupid. It was stupid. I, I look back on it and I'm like, what the hell was I doing, you know? I missed a lot of really good things. You know, I missed the rise of NXT. I missed, you know, when John Cena had those great U.S. Um, open challenge matches, remember, for the United oh, States yeah, Championship. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were good, man. I missed a lot of good things, man. I, I, know, I remember watching the CM Punk stuff here and there, but again, I wasn't there, you know, AJ Lee when she, you know, she had her rise through the women's division. I missed a lot of stuff, you know, and I kept I kept up with it in the years that I didn't watch it. But, you know, I should have been there. I should have been there. But, you well, know, what can you do now? <laughs> lesson learned, man. 
Lesson, lesson learned. <laughs> what, what about when Goldberg comes back to the WWE in 2016? Because to me, that is one of my favorite runs and favorite memories of, of recent times. I thought they did that brilliantly. I thought they, they kind of expunged his run in 2003, which I didn't... I thought it was okay, but you could tell there was a kind of an internal fight there between... Actually, let's do both. What, what do you think about when Goldberg comes into WWE first time around and they kind of treat him like WWE's version of Goldberg, which for me personally was not good at all. Uh, yeah, you know, for the reasons I just said, he just didn't feel like the Goldberg I wanted. They even changed his entrance music. And I was like, no, just do Goldberg. Goldberg works. <laughs> yeah. but, then, but then they do it again in 2016. And honestly, that match with Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series, right up to that you know, match again with Lesnar uh, at WrestleMania 33 or whatever it was, I thought it was great. That's still my favorite, and it probably will be forever, my favorite ever sub-five-minute match. Because it was just mm-hmm. two big dudes absolutely kicking the crap out of each other, which I always love. Um but, you know, you, you've left WCW in 1998. Here you are kind of, you know, four or five years on. You see your guy come into WWE. You must be you must be a little bit upset because, yeah, it's kind of crap. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. You know, when he um, when he returned recently and at the end of 2016, I think it was. I mean, I thought it was, you know, I, I was I was really excited. You know, I, I had seen his um, his first run, you know, back in 2003, 2004. But like you, I didn't feel like he was just the Goldberg that I knew. Yeah. You know, I felt like they were they had kind of like, I don't know, if he was, say, if he was immortal, let's say, in WCW, he, I don't know, they had kind of like weakened him a little bit. You oh, know definitely, I mean? like, definitely, man. 100%. He wasn't, he wasn't as imposing. And he did have, you know, he did have a, you know, a bit of success. You know, I think he did win the World Heavyweight Championship, yeah, I think yeah. it was from Triple H at, yep, yep. at Bad Blood, I think it was, something like that. Um, you know, I think they put him in the elimination chamber one time and he was did, pretty much yeah. wrecking everybody. Yeah, but I think did. at the end he lost, I think, was it? He lost to Triple H, I think it was, didn't he? That's Something right. Like that. So that was, that was the match where everybody, you know, felt like Goldberg should win. But of course we had to, we had to leave it one more month and he beat, he beat Triple H at the next pay-per-view. But yeah, that was exactly what happened. Absolutely. And then at WrestleMania 20, you know, he had his final match at the time against Brock Lesnar. And it just wasn't a very good match. I could tell neither man wanted to really be there. Yeah. I mean, literally the best thing about that match was Stone Cold's entrance and then Stone Cold stunning both of them. Yeah, he, did. Was, he just took over the, the entire thing. thing. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so funny. I remember it, but, literally as all people wanted to see was that. Could you just kick his ass? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so when he came back in 2016, I felt like he was doing a lot of good for himself. Because I don't know if you saw the... I think it was the the WWE Network. I think it was the 24 documentary on uh, Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, but when he came back, he was pretty much doing it for his, for his son and his family and his wife. You know, he kind of wanted to. You know, he felt bad about leaving on a sour note. You know, to, back in 2004, and he kind of wanted you know to redo that and you know really show his his son you know what he can do. You know that he likes wrestling and he he wants to leave on a good note. So I guess when you combine that with what he did, you know, in the ring in storyline. You know, it was a really good return. I mean, that that one specifically was a really good return. And man, when he beat Brock Lesnar in I don't know what it was like a minute at Survivor Series 2016, I was just I was ecstatic. I thought it was great, man, because you didn't see it coming. Like you didn't see it coming. I didn't see it and, coming. And once again, I mean, this ties in perfectly. The reason I loved it so much is because again, it separated everyone down the middle, much like the WrestleMania 30 Taker versus Lesnar match. You had 50% of people going, "Oh man, this is the best thing ever," and you had another 50% of people being like, "What the? What we've just done? We've just jobbed out Brock Lesnar." But that's why I like. Yeah. I like it when wrestling matches can cause debate like that because it goes to show that people have invested. They bought in because otherwise you wouldn't be having that chat to begin with. I loved it. Like, I honestly, that whole feud is one of my favorites of the last few years i just thought it worked perfectly yeah yeah i mean i remember that match i was i I think i might have been at home alone i think watching it but man i was screaming you would have thought i was watching it with like five or six people i was screaming at the top of my lungs you know like i remember you know the match started brock lesnar kind of shoved him a little bit brock lesnar shoved him harder threw him to the floor and then he gave him that first spear and i'm like "Uh oh 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 i I can't believe this is happening i can't I, i in my mind i was just thinking goldberg of order i was thinking another squash match but i'm like no 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 not to Brock Lesnar, not to Brock Lesnar. And then when he hit that second spear, I, by then I was on my feet. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to see this. I'm ready to see this. I'm ready to see this. And when he hit that jackhammer, one, two, three, dude, if I was there live, I would have been the loudest person in the <laughs> arena. Like, it was amazing. I, again, you have to understand, I'm a Goldberg guy. He's my favorite wrestler. So for me, that's that's special. That's special. But, you know, I can tell, you know, I can understand if someone, you know, isn't, isn't really into him, how... You know, again, like you said, it's debatable. You know, you may like it or you may not. But for me, it was it was one of the best things ever. Honestly. No, 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 dude, I agree with you. I agree. I, I, I bought into that hard because I remember 
it, looking at the, the running time of that event, because I watched it the next morning on the network and thinking, I don't, we don't have a lot of time left on the, you know, on the clock. So I was thinking, oh, they must do a run-in or they must be kind of some as smos. But then when Goldberg just kicked his ass, it just got me. It was explosive, yeah. it was impactful. And also, given what we were talking about earlier with the first iteration of Goldberg in WWE, we finally got WCW version. That is what WCW used to be. He got in the ring and he wrecked people. And Lesnar, mm-hmm. you know, Lesnar <coughs> proved once again that really when he wants to sell... He's up there with me with one of the best people in the world when it comes to selling. I don't think there are many. I mean, Shawn Michaels probably. Um, yeah. But yeah, to me, when Lesnar sells, it looks like he's in, he's in real pain. Like, yeah. he's so good at it. And, 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 yeah. I, and I came away going, well, what happens now? What happens to Lesnar? What are they going to do here? And you know, as it turns out behind the scenes, it was all Lesnar and Goldberg saying we should do this and everybody agreeing. And I always like to point out, yes, Kevin Owens kind of got caught in the, cross, the crosshairs a little bit. But... Right. You know, the story was so much fun and so much entertaining. That's just the way sometimes. And as I say, constantly on my over here on my videos, sometimes if you've got a good story and you need to waylay other people, do it. But just make sure you come back to them and push them as and when makes sense. But I don't mind people being quote unquote jobbed out if it's helping the story that we're focusing on. And that's what we right. did. That's what we did. And right. I, was, I was so amped for that match at WrestleMania. It was my favorite match that I was looking forward to. My favorite match when all was said and done. Yeah, just just absolutely brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. Was- absolutely. And one of the things I forget too, and all that, one thing that I forget was that Kevin Owens was Universal Champion at around that time before yeah, yeah, the yeah. WrestleMania match. I forget about that. I, I completely forget about the fact that he was even champion because you know he was champion for what, like maybe a couple of months, two three months, you know. And I don't know if he ever, you know, up to right now, I don't know if he's you know properly recovered from that. Unfortunately for him. You know, because I, I like Kevin Owens a lot. I think he's great. But, yeah, I, I was with you, man. That, that WrestleMania match, I was super high for it. And, yeah, got to be one of my my – because I, I can't – again, I, I was a little kid when Goldberg had his, you know, his his huge run in WCW. So I can't remember any any match specifically. Um, I haven't gone back and seen it, unfortunately, you know, because I've been so, you know, trying to – you know, I've been really enamored with the current product. So I haven't gone back and seen it. But I can't remember many of his sub-five-minute matches then. So, yeah, this – this one with uh, Lesnar at WrestleMania 33 has to be one of my favorites as well. Yeah, me Absolutely. too. Definitely, definitely my favorite sub five minute match ever. I, I honestly, because yeah. you can put it on, enjoy it, and then it's over. You're like, okay, goodbye. It's over. I'll go, I'm going to walk away now. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So, so good. Uh, and absolutely. I, and as we are talking about older wrestlers or veteran wrestlers, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's, remiss, it's remiss of me not to mention this earlier, but of course, it came out uh, over the last, I think, 24 to 48 hours that on Raw, which will air later today because we'll put this up on Monday. Hulk Hogan is coming back to the WWE to do some kind of tribute to Mean Gene Oakland. Now, mm-hmm. it absolutely sucks what happened to Mean Gene. We talked about this on the podcast last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, mean, I, 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 I haven't shied away from saying that personally, I just don't want to see Hulk Hogan back, especially at a time where the idea for WWE is brand new, right? Brand new era. I want to see brand new stuff. I do think Hulk Hogan's too controversial for me to in- enjoy the product. That's just me. Loads of people always get in touch and say they don't agree, and that's cool. It's just one man's opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. That That's just me. But then you also have to take into the fact they are doing it around some kind of tribute angle, which makes it a little bit more... Well, it depends, it depends on your take on it. But look, you know, as a, you, know you, you, you saw WCW, so you know who Hollywood Hogan is. I'm sure you learn about who Hulk Hogan is too. You know, mm-hmm. do you want to see Hulk Hogan? Do you not want to see Hulk Hogan? Do you think it's a little bit... Uh, I'm trying to, I, I don't want to say this because I don't want to be horrible, but it's a question people are saying. Do you think it's a little bit untoward on WWE's part to try and kind of slip him back into television using... I'm not saying they are doing that. I'm saying that's what a lot of people have said. Right. I mean, I guess for me specifically, um, you know, the rise of Hulk Hogan, um, all that, you know, it kind of it happened either when I was really, really young and not watching it or before my time, you know, so... Hulk Hogan was, you know, he, he personally, he was never really like my guy. Yeah. You know, I never saw him as, as a favorite just because, you know, I didn't see very much of him in his heyday. I did see, you know, his his little run. You know, I think it was, was it 2003, 2004, you know, when he was feuding with the likes of The Rock and Stone Cold. And then later, you know, with The Undertaker when The Undertaker turned heel. So <clears throat> I did see all that. But Hulk Hogan, for me specifically, has never really been my guy. So I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I appreciate everything he's done for wrestling at the time. You know, he, he definitely turned it into, you know, helped turn it into a global product. Many people were watching it. But, you know, again, I wasn't there for any of that. So he's never really been my guy. Now, um, the fact that we're going to see him, you know, tomorrow for Monday Night Raw, do I really want to see that? 
Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know if I want to see that. I mean, I remember I read again. I read that notification, um, you know, a few days ago, and I was looking at. It, I'm like, okay, with a question mark, you know, <laughs> you know. I, I don't know. I mean, I I know that he and you know Mean Gene had a, you know a really good relationship. So yeah. I guess on that front, you know, it makes sense. But you know, in terms of you know all the controversy surrounding him, I don't know. I just I I hope it doesn't overshadow what we're trying to do and it's you know we're trying to pay tribute to you know one of the greatest sports entertainer interviewers people of all you know ever you know and me gene okerlin so i just hope it doesn't you know i just hope his controversies everything surrounding him doesn't overshadow all of that that that's what i'm hoping for yeah i agree and i hope it's a one-off as well because right you know i i bought in hard to this whole you know, new era thing. And I'll get your take on it in a second as well. But I, I truly believe that WWE is going to go out of their way to try and make it work. And if we get a couple of months down the line and I'm wrong, I'm happy for everyone to come and call me an idiot. But I'm a positive guy. I like to, <laughs> you know, I like to go, you know, glass half full. And if I'm wrong, well, at least I enjoyed the ride. Uh, at least I enjoyed right. the ride for a little bit. But, right. you know, for me, bringing in someone like Hulk Hogan does not, it doesn't work with that. It doesn't work with the idea that we're, that we're going for. Like, we, I want to see new faces and I want to see new matches. I, I sound like Shane McMahon. But it's true. I want to see a new format. I don't mind Legends coming back. And we've talked about the, you know, the power of Goldberg, for example. I really, really enjoyed what he did. But he was used in the right way. And I never felt like he overshadowed everybody else. I don't want Hulk Hogan being the GM. I don't want Hulk Hogan, you know, being on TV every single week because it does fill up time that somebody else could step in there. And if that person doesn't right. doesn't work, okay, well, at least we tried. And I'm all about right. that, just giving people's opportunities. So that, that's, that's my big thing. I, I, you know, 2019 for me should be a brand new era for Raw and all that. And we're not going to get that if we go back to things we've done before. But, I mean, do you believe it? Do you believe they're actually going to try something different? Or do you think we're going to get to sort of like February, March, April and go, oh, it's actually the exact same as it always has been? I mean, that's what, that's what I was thinking originally, you know, when they first introduced this new concept of, you know, bringing in new faces, new matchups, new rivalries, new feuds, things like that. That's what I was thinking, you know, because I've always been skeptical of when WWE tells me, oh, you know, we're going to do something new and it's going to change, you know, the way we do things and more people are going to see it, you know, because they have promised things like that similarly in the past, you know. And, you know, three, four, five months down the line, it kind of reverts back to what it was three, four, five months early before, you know, they announced all that. So initially, I was a little bit skeptical of it. But, you know, now with, you know, the news uh, breaking out on New Year's Day that, you know, All Elite Wrestling is officially a thing, um, I, I think they might they might try to do something. They have to because it's kind of I, and I know that they announced this about maybe two to three weeks um, before AEW was officially announced. But, you know, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, they're very for the fans. You know, they they they, they do the things that they want to do, but they're very for the fans. You know, they want they really want their fans to you know see their product and see something special look at all in all in was a huge success and you know it sold out in what was it like 30 minutes like yeah, way yeah, before yeah. any matches were announced you know wwe has to see that as a president like hey you know cody rose and the young bucks they know what they're doing and they're gonna be doing something that's gonna be very for the fans you know very for you know professional wrestling in general so now i actually think that wwe i don't know if they will per se but they definitely should do something new now now it can't be just words they absolutely have to do something new because you know i'm not saying that aew is going to come and you know put wwe out of business it's not going to happen you know wwe is a you know a big big you know is a big company uh set to make a lot of money in the future you know the two billion dollars in tv rights alone uh you know i think they're set to make what is it like 450 million dollars with, with the saudi arabia deal over the next yeah. 10 years i think Something it is crazy about that, yeah. yeah so you know they're set to make a lot of money but, you know, the last thing they want is for people to, you know, shift over and start watching, you know, only AEW and what they're doing. So now I, I think they, they probably they have to. I, I don't know if they will, but I think they absolutely have to try something new. You know, everything that they said, they need to make it, a, a, you know, a reality because, again, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, all these guys, they're going to do something new. They're going to most probably do something that we're all going to love. You know, why are we going to? you know, doubt them, look at the success that was all in. You can't doubt them anymore, so... <laughs> no, it's true. It, it, no, yeah. You'd be a fool to now, because they, they've got evidence, right? They've got proof. And as soon as Absolutely. you've got that, you have to take them seriously. And that's... I think you hit the nail on the head there as well. Like, it's all come together at the... 
at the right time or the wrong time, depending on what kind of perspective you want to take on it. But yeah, like, you know, a few, a few weeks ago, they have said, OK, we hear you. We're going to change it. And then also at the exact same time, you do have a new promotion led by a group of people that are stars. And the criticism right. there is, oh, well, you're just going to have a bunch of people with kick pads doing super kicks. Well, you know, the irony is a lot of people like that. A lot of, right. You know, sometimes companies overthink what they're trying to do, e.g. the dying days of WCW, rather than just give the fans what they want. And right. you know, if we get to the stage where... Uh, but my point is, I don't think that anyone at AEW should be trying to follow any kind of status quo. I think they should be doing what feels right, and they can always adjust to suit. You never know. Right. But right. I, I, if they want to book their, you know, the being the elite in, in a wrestling promotion, it could work. You don't know. You don't know until you try. So, right. I, and I, listen, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go, man. You go. No, I was just going to say, you know, if it's just, you know, if it's like you said, oh, you know, just put on your pads, your elbow pads and just have matches. Listen, I'm okay with that. (laughs) You know, you know, I fell in love with pro wrestling again. I was six, seven year old kid. I didn't know what storylines were. I didn't know what feuds were. I didn't know what heels and faces were. I fell in love with pro wrestling for the wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like I fell in love with wrestling, you know, because I wanted to watch two people just beat the crap out of each other. That, that, that was what my love, you know, that's how my love of pro wrestling began. So, you know, even if it's just, you know, a series of matches that are very, very, very good, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because, you know what, when I watch, you know, every once in a while, you know, when I can watch uh, uh, New Japan or Ring of Honor, a lot of the guys that are there, I don't know how those feuds came about. I don't know what their characters are. I don't know what the feuds are. But you know what, because I enjoy wrestling, you know, the actual art of wrestling so much. I end up finding it enjoyable. Yeah, so, no, totally, man. I, t- I totally agree. There's yeah. a lot to be said for that. And if nothing else, right. the Co- Cody and the Young Bucks understand their audience. And that, Absolutely. You know, that's the argument that people step up into, man. Apparently, he doesn't. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so do you watch New Japan? Do you keep up to date with that stuff as well? Uh, no, no, not as much as I should. I mean, uh, I've only really seen one full um, a- a New Japan show, and that was Dominion back in, I think it was June of <laughs> this uh, past year. <laughs> not a bad one to watch, man. Not a bad one to no, watch at all. That one, I mean was absolutely fantastic i mean i enjoyed it from start to finish but uh, no man i, I that's what i want to do you know I, I really want to start following um you know these other promotions uh, a lot closer because no i don't i don't know too much about new japan except for you know the guys that you know are making waves you know yeah. like kenny omegas of the world's the okadas uh naito chris jericho hiroshi tanahashi all these guys i i pretty much only know them by name you know so i, I really want to get to know New Japan and all these other promotions a little bit better, you know, as much as I can because, you know, WWE consumes a lot of my my time during the week. So sometimes, oh, of course, well, little, no, yeah, yeah, nice. Might be a little too much, but I, I'll try, man. I, I really, really, really want to get um, you know, started on following all these promotions really closely. You know, did you uh, did you read or keep up with anything to do with Wrestle Kingdom thirteen that happened on Friday? Well, I mean, the only thing I really know about that is, you know, <laughs> what you put on your ups and downs video, uh, you know, <laughs> the day of or the day after. Thank so you, that's, <laughs> that's really all I know. But, yeah, I mean, by all accounts, I, I did read some articles after that. And, yeah, no, by all accounts, it was a fantastic show. And it's going to be very hard for, you know, WrestleMania this April to top. So <laughs> that, that, that's something else that's on my watch list. I haven't seen it, but I will see it. No, well, I just thought we'd bring it up because I, mean, I haven't talked about it on here after the fact. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't think it was as good as last year's Wrestle Kingdom, just me personally. Uh, but I, you know, I do think it was awesome. Uh, and all the talking points do tie into AEW is the main reason I want to bring it up. Because obviously the Young Bucks lost. Cody Rhodes lost his US title to Juice Robinson. And surprisingly for me, because I really didn't know which way they were going to go, Kenny Omega lost his IWGP championship to Tanahashi. Now... We know what Cody and we know what the Young Bucks are doing. <clears throat> Kenny Omega is this big question mark, and I, we don't know what he's going to do. Like, I, I think you could look at all three companies and say, well, he's probably going to stay with uh, New Japan because he's <laughs> got to have his big feud with Ibushi. He's got to have his rematch with Tanahashi because they're now one-to-one. And you can look at AEW and say, well, all his mates have gone there. You know, he's going he's to go there too. Or you can go to the next one, which is, well, he go to WWE because the rumor is they've offered him like three and a half million dollars a year. And despite, you know, some internet process, I don't see how anybody could begrudge a man earning three and a half million dollars a year doing anything. Like, I mean, that's life-changing <laughs> amount of money, especially for a guy that's been doing this for, what, 15, 20 years, sacrificed a lot of his life. I know he enjoys it, but I'm sure he's given up a lot of stuff. And ultimately, as much as he wants to be a creative artist, which I massively respect, he's also going to want to have financial security because we all want that. That's just innate to our, you know, to our being. So I do, again, tying into everything we we're just talking about, about what happens with all elite wrestling, we now have Kenny Omega as, you know, it's almost like a meta storyline. 
He is a right. re- he is a real because you know his New Japan contract does end at the end of January. He may have already re-signed, but we don't know that. So from a narrative point of view, in about three weeks' time, he can sign with whoever he wants, and that is you know I think that's really exciting. And it doesn't matter which way he goes because if we are buying into wrestling for storylines, you know we always say the best <laughs> ones are the ones that blur reality. This absolutely blurs reality. We don't know where he's going to go. Where would you like to see right. him, man? Put put Kenny right. Omega in a promotion. Where do you want him to go? Oh, <clears throat> that's tough, man. Um, you know, I guess that's, I mean, really the only thing I know about Kenny Omega, man, is that in the ring, he's he's a star, man. He's like one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the best wrestler in the world. Um, I'm biased. I'm always going to be a WWE guy. You know, that. Oh, yeah, no, me too, crux- man. Yeah, yeah, me too. Definitely. That's just the crux of the matter. You know, no matter how closely I follow the, all these other promotions, at the end of the day, bad or good disappointing or really really good i'm always going to be a wwe guy so i'm biased on that perspective that combined with you know with 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 the fact that i don't really know him all that much i i just want to see him in the wwe but you know we don't know if that's going to happen because he has said in the past that you know he's kind of iffy about that you know he doesn't really know if he wants to you know go for a promotion that may limit his creative you know potential but i think he has there i i I did read at some point that he said that he he, he actually does better when he's limited because he has to be more creative in that sense. Like if he's if he's limited in what he can do, you know, he can be more creative because he has to work within those limitations. I, I think I heard him say something about that. So who knows? Maybe 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 he comes to the WWE. It's doubtful, but, you know, <laughs> it might happen. You never know. It could happen, but, man. I mean, show me someone that can turn down three and a half million dollars. That ain't easy. That ain't easy. <laughs> That's not easy. That's a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, that, there's, a, there's a lot of money. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, Wrestle Kingdom 3, I, I thought was great. Like, I mean, if I'm being super, super picky now that it's kind of calmed down and we're away from, from the hype, I thought Osprey versus Ibushi was brilliant. I thought maybe it had been built up too much, but that always happens. You know, people raise the bar so high. It's still great, and I still advise everyone to go and watch it. But, you know, if, if you've got ideas in your head of the best match you've ever seen, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I mean, my personal favorite match was the main event. I think Tanahashi is ridiculous, especially for a man that's in his 40s. And yeah, to me, if, if you don't think Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world, I think he's in the conversation. I think he's proved that time and time again. You know, he's just, I, I, like you say, you know who he is, even though you've right. never seen him, because that's the impact he's created within the world of wrestling. And yeah, there's an argument to say that casual fans don't know who he is, but it's not like he hasn't gotten over everywhere he's been. So there's every, you know, there's, right. there's nothing to say that, you know, he won't be a success in WWE. I think it's all about booking in WWE. He's got all the tools. He just needs to make sure the office is beside him, much like AJ Styles. And I think in an interview with the Wrestling Observer a couple of years ago, Kenny Omega said one of the reasons he would like to go to WWE is because he wants to fight AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Right. So, and I think it didn't, um, didn't Seth Rollins put out a tweet, I think it was this past week, that he wants to fight Kenny yeah. Omega too. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. Those are, that, that's two dream matches that, you know, that, that could happen. You never know. That's true. I mean, I mean, when AJ Styles came to the WWE, who would have thought that he, you know, he was going to come to the WWE? Nobody, no, no, nobody expected that. And look, he was number what, number three in the 2016 Royal Rumble match, and everybody exploded. So imagine what would happen if, let's say, Kenny Omega shows up at this year's Royal Rumble. <laughs> I mean, well, that, I mean, if Kenny Omega shows up this year's Rumble, they don't let him win it. I will, I'll go bonkers because, <clears throat> absolutely, I, I think I and think it would be crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, and one thing I was gonna say too about the Wrestling Kingdom card, um, you know, one of the matches that I was uh really anticipating as well you know the one that i want to see the most is actually um you know jericho versus naito because i you know i did see their first match at uh at dominion man and it was one of my favorites man it's just just jericho just beating the crap out of him you know showing his more aggressive more violent side and i loved it man i i loved it so i really want to see what they do you know the second time around so that, that's one of my 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 most anticipated ones, or the oh. ones that the one that I want to see the most. Yeah, well, I mean, the, Jericho doing this New Japan run has been absolutely genius for him because it has taken him to a new level. Like he, he you know, it, it, you can. It was probably a legendary figure in wrestling anyway, but now he absolutely is. Like you know, he's now had this thing. No matter what he does, stays, goes, whatever. He's now had these twelve months where he's proved that he can, you know, adapt to the new generation and stay current and stay relevant and reinvent himself. And yeah, his match with Naito was ridiculous. It started quite slow. But, you know, halfway through to the end, it was just absolutely crazy. I mean, you know, DDTs on tables that weren't breaking oh, and yeah. smashing each other with kendo sticks and some really good near falls towards the end. Like the, the kick out of one Destino was, was really good. But 
Yeah, I, I think you know it's really smart on New Japan's end as well because again, you're a WWE guy, but you know Chris Jericho. If you hear Chris Jericho doing something like that, you're at least going to look into it. And the fact that he's having these different matches and having matches like you say that are really wrestling based. And if you did get into wrestling because of wrestling, you're going to appreciate them. Just absolutely, you know, it, it, you know, New Japan are clearly making a big push this year to try and expand into Europe, into America, and having Chris Jericho involved with them hasn't hurt them at all. Even if he's done with them now, it's only going to get more people to watch. Like you say, you want to see Naito versus Jericho, and the best bit about it is if you do watch it, you're going to love it. It's a really good wrestling match, and also if you do watch the whole card, it feels completely different to everything else they did, which is another reason I liked it. So there you go. I mean, really, the only you know, the only way I can you know really get excited about it is again it is wrestling based mostly my reasons for watching it again i don't you know i'm hoping to learn more about all these people as i continue to follow the promotion but as of yet i don't really know all that much unfortunately you know so again i'm in it for the wrestling now i'm sure the wrestling matches were superb they were at dominion but yeah man yeah i I still gotta see it yeah it's good i mean it is really really good and i think we've probably you know we've probably come a long way over the last two years in terms of people who were just WWE guys that all of a sudden have fallen in love with New Japan. And I've got absolutely no problem with that. Like, whether you prefer New Japan to WWE or vice versa, you like Ring of Honor, you like Impact, it doesn't matter. It's all about the fact that there is choice out there. And that choice, you know, that's why I I get it to a certain extent because you want WWE to be good. But a small part of me is also always like, you know, if you don't like WWE, there's so much else you can watch. Everybody's got demand service now. You could go, you know, even if you wanted to all the way in America, you could watch Progress if you wanted. They've got an on-demand service. You can just tune in and watch some British wrestling. So I I do think we're living in in good times. And I also, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, I think 2019 is going to be the most interesting time in wrestling for years. You know, AEW, Impact, uh, sorry, Ring of Honor is signing up people like crazy. They've got the Madison Square Garden show. WWE is promising change. There's free agents out there. People are being signed up. I'm excited. I think we're going to have a good 12 months. I really do. Absolutely. I think we're going to, you know, if everything goes as was, you know, we're all anticipating it and hoping it will. I think we're going to look back on this in December and be like, you know what? This was probably one of the best years of, in pro wrestling, honestly, in general. Yeah. I hope so. I, it's all there. Like, uh, and all there. I, I know it sounds a little bit hyperbolic, but I do think AEW doesn't have necessarily have the potential to be a WCW, but does have the potential to at least fill the void that was left by it. And I think right. they're the first people that have come along in the right time with social media that have tapped into an audience. So now they have the power to do it. And I hope they do. Like, I, re- I really, really hope they do. I really do. Absolutely. I really, really do. Uh- Absolutely. I mean, they have, you know, they have the financial backing of, you know, a very wealthy family in the cons, you know, the owners of the yeah, NFL absolutely, man, yeah. pro football team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're, I think they're worth like a little over $6 billion, some crazy <laughs> number like that. So they have the financial backing. They have fans that want to see them. I want to see them. So, yeah, man, I'm hoping they smash it this year, honestly. I'm but, always, again, I'm always going to be a WWE guy, so I'm hoping that WWE smashes it too. Yeah. But I can't. I can't wait to see what AEW does. I can't wait. No, it's true. And the other thing as well, you know, talking about the cons, you know, the rumors as well is that AEW is going to be paying comparable, comparable contracts to WWE. And that makes mm-hmm. them competitive straight away because if money is something you're concerned about, and that's absolutely fine, and you know you can go to All Elite Wrestling, but it's not going to hurt your pocket, then you're like, yeah, cool. I'll make my decision based on where I think I'll be used better or where it's going to be most creative or whatever, you know, boxes you feel like you need to tick. Right. I yeah, think I think hence the reason why WWE has been, you know, so adamant about recruiting people, you know, for a while now. Like even with the, the you know, the UK Championship tournament, I heard like they were recruiting a lot of um, British wrestlers there. You know, yeah. the, the advent of NXT UK signing a lot of those British wrestlers, not letting them, you know, work for any of their other promotions anymore. They only can work for WWE affiliated promotions now. So yeah, man, WWE. I think he. They're, they're looking at all of this and they're saying, you know what, we better we better at least pay attention. You know, not, not that we <laughs> yeah, think yeah. that they're going to they're going to be, you know, WCW type competitors or anything. But we got we, be, we better pay attention. That's the reason why I think that, you know, this whole new stuff, I think they have to do it again. I don't know if they will, but they, they, they absolutely have to. They have to be paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. Do, and I think they yeah. are. I, I like to I like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, before we do wrap this up, man, I got to ask you a question. You know, as a long term WWE guy, clearly invested in the product. Now, we'll talk about it more when, when we get there in a few weeks, but we are a few weeks away from the Royal Rumble. Who you got, dude? Who you got? Who's your pick? Because I think it's one of the most open and interesting Royal Rumbles for a while. You can make the argument for a lot of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
I mean, I, th I guess in terms of the person that has, you know, the most momentum right now, I remember last year, you know, I actually was able to predict correctly that it was Nakamura and Oscar winning. Nice, because, man. You know, well, fair had... play to you, man. No, but I mean, really, the only reason why I picked them is because, you know, they had so much momentum last year before that Royal Rumble match that, you know, I was like, oh, these two have to, you know, have to have at least a very clear shot at winning. And, you know, for the first time ever, I actually predicted correctly. I don't think I've ever predicted a Royal Rumble <laughs> correctly before. That was my very first one. So I guess this year, I mean, if you want, like, my subjective opinion, like the person that I would like to see win, Finn Balor. Oh, I'm a Finn yeah. Balor guy. Yeah. He's my favorite out of the current uh, crop of guys. He's my he's my favorite. So I would love to see Finn Balor not only win the Rumble, win the Universal Championship uh, back. What do you, you think know. about how he's being treated at the moment, man? He's not, you know, he's not, he's not being treated especially. Well, December was better for him, but before that, he wasn't doing much. No, he wasn't doing much. He had that, you know, that little feud with Baron Corbin that kind of went nowhere. Uh, you know, he's just been kind of flying in limbo. I know he he did have a few good matches uh, with, um, you know, Seth Rollins at the beginning of the year. You know, he, the IC uh, Championship matches, I think. Uh, you know, the WrestleMania match, the Triple yeah. Threat match was really good. Uh, at the beginning of the year, you know, he was kind of, it was almost like he was in contention for the Universal Championship, but never really got there, you know, the Elimination Chamber match. But, you know, he's kind of been floating around. So, no, as a guy who really likes Finn Balor, and, you know, just looking at it, you know, critically, from a, from a critical perspective, I, I don't like the way that, you know, he's being booked. I think he has so much potential. And I'm kind of glad. I mean, he has been winning a, a, a lot of matches uh, lately on Raw, especially. So, hopefully that means something <laughs> later on, you know. <laughs> what do you, what, why don't you think they push his demon gimmick more? Like, we don't see uh, the demon anymore. In, in NXT, it was saved for the big pay-per-views, and it worked. But, yeah, now we don't see it at all. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, you know <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know why he smiles so often, you know? Like, why do they, why do they have him smile so often, you know? You know I, I don't know. I, I don't know why we don't see his demon, uh, demon gimmick more often. I know we saw it, I think, at SummerSlam for that one yeah, match yeah, against yeah, Baron yeah, Corbin. Yeah. But it, I don't think it was even their last match. So <laughs> I don't even know what that was all about. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm hopeful that, you know, this is the year that, you know, things turn around for him and, you know, he, he gains his popularity back somehow. It's going to be difficult, but, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that they will. That they'll be able to do that. You keep the faith, man. I like it. I like I keep it. keep the faith. Never, ever drop but, the faith. Absolutely not, man. But I guess in terms of other guys that can win the Rumble, McIntyre. Yeah, oh, I mean, definitely. I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I don't know how, how, how anybody else has a better case for the, for the Rumble right now than McIntyre. From the men's side, I mean, he's been on an absolute tear. I know his lo he lost his last match, I think, a uh, triple threat match. But, oh, uh, man, he, he's been on an absolute tear. And he just, he has that WWE look, you know. He, look, he just looks yeah, like yeah. the kind of guy that should be champion and should be dominating. So, you know, he could be uh, the winner. You know, there's just a lot of guys that could win, you know. It's, it's an open field. It's like you said, it's an open field this year. It really yeah, is. That's why I like it. I like, I like not, not yeah. I, I, I was the same last year. I, I didn't pick Nakamura at all, but I was glad it happened. But yeah, I go Seth, I go Drew. Uh, yeah, Finn could be an outside chance. Who knows? Who knows? Like, there's loads of where they could go. So that's why I'm excited about it. Um, Absolutely, man. Right. There we go. Amazingly, we're coming up to the hour mark, which always surprises me. Always flies dude. by these things. Uh, dude, it's, it's already been an hour? Yeah, wow. dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? We could do this My all goodness. day. We could do it all day. Yep. Uh, is there anything yep. you want to pimp out or anything you want to mention, dude, before we wrap up? You don't have to, but I always like to give people the opportunity. Um, I don't know. I guess if people, I guess, want to reach me, I'm always curious, you know, to talk to people on the internet about uh, wrestling. I guess they can just read the best way. The best place to reach me is Twitter. That's the one that I, you know, look at consistently. The others I don't, I don't really look at. So you can catch me there at, um, uh, Sergito, that's S-E-R-G-I-T-O, Andres, A-N-D-R-E-S, 19. So Sergito, Andres, 19. There you go. So go talk to me, especially if you are a, a Bill Goldberg fan, or maybe you are Bill oh, Goldberg, man. I don't know. But you, you, can have, <laughs> you can have a big loving. You can have an absolutely big loving. It's right there. It's right there for you. Absolutely, man. All right, awesome, dude. Well, look, dude, thank you so much for your time, man, especially for calling in all the way from Florida. That is just, it will always be cool to me, no matter what. It would always be cool. No, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. You know, it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, man, just uh, hopefully you, you return to wrestling, man. I know you've had some, some shoulder problems. Hopefully you get that cleared up very quickly, man. I have. Uh, all I will say, and don't, don't, no one get too crazy excited, but just keep watching Defiant. That's all I'm going to say. Everybody keep watching Defiant. So you'll find out what's going to happen. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking there. As always as well, thank you to everyone that has listened. Again, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. This podcast will also be on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash submit report rules. If you're on iTunes or anything like that, give us a review. Give us a five stars. It always helps. And again, I'm at patreon.com 
forward slash SimonMiller316. That's how I keep all this stuff running. So if you can throw me a dollar, I really would appreciate it. We'll be back on Wednesday to do the live podcast on YouTube. So tune in for that around about 2 p.m. GMT. That is my time. May actually be a little bit late this week, but keep an eye out. It will go up. And we'll be back on Friday as well because that is just the schedule we keep. Sergio, my man, thank you so much again, dude. This has been awesome. Thank you again, man. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I'll talk to everybody else in a couple of days as we rewrite the podcast schedule in 2019. I'll speak to you then.